You are listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. Though located in the heart of the Silicon Valley, you will hear fervent, old-fashioned revival preaching from the pulpit of North Valley Baptist Church. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message. I want to make several statements by way of introduction. First, I'd like to say I believe that the only hope for children in America is the New Testament local church. I don't believe there's any other hope. Social media is corrupting our kids. And most parents have no idea, and I believe even Christian parents have no idea. They know how to do these ghost accounts, shield things. I don't understand computers, but I understand because I deal with almost every week somebody somehow in this country that's destroyed their life with social media. Not only does social media corrupt them, but the government is at an all-time high of corrupting our kids. Teaching them abortion, teaching them transgenderism, teaching them that the government has control of your children and not the parents. And not just wicked California, you that are listening around the globe and in every state, every state. God bless you people in Florida and Texas, but you're one governor away from getting rebellion. Kentucky had a great governor, a homeschooled independent fundamental Baptist, and the school unions got a hold of that and got him out and got this fellow in that said during COVID, you cannot sing in church. He is anti-God. Or like the governor in Colorado, he brought his husband with him. And they live in the governor's mansion. Government is not helping this generation. Social media is not helping the children. Our homes, most of them are basically corrupt zones. Kids are left to do whatever they want to do. Schools are a cesspool of iniquity. And I believe what I said this morning, thank God for our public school teachers that are going in the the enemy zone and quite frankly, are great missionaries for the gospel of Christ. I, I salute you. I have you on a prayer page of my prayer journal and I respect you so highly. But they, they, they are in the front lines if anybody is. But not only the only hope for children in America is the New Testament local church, I believe that everyone, everyone that's saved ought to be involved in the bus ministry. It's the greatest tool of reaching families for Christ. I believe you ought to help financially every week, a dollar a week. Give a dollar, find a dollar. The average American loses $75 a year. Find that $75. I found a nickel in the street last night. Been run over a thousand times. I picked it up and put it in my jar and that one day all that gets to the church. I think you should be financially giving. I think you should be prayerfully involved every day, amen, in the bus ministry. You ought to be a mechanic, 
you ought to clean a vehicle, you ought to fuel buses, you ought to be a laborer, you ought to be a helper, you ought to be a mechanic, you ought to be a driver, you ought to give gifts, you go to Costco, get an extra, uh, extra case of cookies, give it to the bus captain, whatever it might be, don't eat on the bus, bus drive workers. Uh, you ought to be a preacher to the junior primary beginner church, the teens. You ought to be out of visitation, knocking on doors, or a greeter, or security, or a Sunday school teacher to the bus kids, or you ought to fast for the bus ministry. If that was your son, or your daughter, or your grandchild, would you want them to be eternally lost and miss heaven? And the answer is no. We have two ladies that come in every Saturday afternoon, Helen Garcia and Polita Onyong-Soy. Uh, uh, and I'll tell you what, if you went to our bus garage out here, you could eat off the floor. They take the restroom, they take the bus floor, and they detail it. It is done to precision. I thank God for those bus mechanics. I try to stop by every Saturday morning to see them. I believe the only hope for these children is the, the, the local church. I believe the only hope for you and I is to get involved in the bus ministry. Thirdly, by way of dinner, I believe every church that's listening tonight, whether you're in a jeepney ministry in the Philippines or whatever country you're listening in, or whatever way you have it, start a skateboard ministry or start something and get young people, boys and girls to church. Every church in America needs to get back in the bus ministry. They're about extinct in America now. COVID shut them down and most of them have not got back going. I know pastors who say, I have buses, I can't get any bus drivers. Shame on you in other churches. Shame on you. Got little boys and girls gonna die without Christ, mothers and dads that need you, grandmas and grandpas that need you, and you won't go get a bus license? Shame on you. When your church owned buses, think of that. Yes, it takes work. I believe 100 churches this week ought to start a van ministry. Wally Beebe said, ban the van. But I think we're at the point he was in the high, hey, high, heyday of bus. I think we're at the point where we ought to get a, a nine-passenger van. Well, pastor, see, you'll say, I don't have any brochures. Well, tomorrow's Labor Day. Take an hour, design one, and run it. And if you have to yourself, go be the bus captain. Brother Daryl Cox will be here at Pastor's Conference. He was here last year, spoke to 700 of us on a Saturday, wanted to be soul winners. And as he spoke, he, he's been at his church over 40 years. It's a large church, but he's a bus captain every week he rides the bus. I'm talking about start a van ministry. 100 churches next week have nine people on 100 churches. And then after about, after this, then, and then go from a van to get two vans. And then a year from now, get a bus and start with 50 on the bus. And 100 churches at 50. And let's get 200. Let's, four, number four, I believe America, lastly, on this thought before my message, I believe America's forgotten the children. Behind most doors where these children live, not all, some have good mothers and dads, I know, grandparents, but behind most doors there's anger, there's loneliness, there's abuse, there's fatherlessness. One in every th three children have been, uh, one in every three girls have been molested by, by a family member. 
or some close relative or friend. I think behind those doors, it's often fatherless and motherless and pornography and drugs and drink and there's no training and, and it's hopelessness. That's why the leading killer of kids the last two years has been suicide. Nothing to live for. Here's a chaotic home. Two ladies in verse three, nine feuding. Sarah saw the son of Hagar, the Egyptian, which he had born unto Abraham, mocking. One lady, she felt, she's making fun of me. She's ridiculing me. And because of that, the answer, the answer is to get rid of this kid. Verse number 10, therefore she said to Abraham, cast out this bondwoman and her son. For the son of this bondwoman shall be heir with my son, even heir to my son, even Isaac. I don't want her. I, I want her out. I, I, don't, I, I don't want her around. Get rid of her. And friend, we're the last hope for these kids, the New Testament local church. If the church doesn't reach this generation of children, you're gonna have, you think you have anarchy on the streets now. You wait till we get another year or two or three with what's being done and fueled in their heart. They're mad. They're angry. So there's a, there's, Crimes and there's shootings and there's gang wars and all that. And the first thing we think was we need more education. We need more money. We need to throw more at this. No, we need to throw the love of God in their hearts. I think that's why those bus kids and today I didn't make it up there, but when they come over, I try to always go up there and I walk around during that first song or two, just shake their hands and talk to them. Most of them don't know how to, most of them don't know how to act, but they're always kind. They're always thoughtful, they're respectful. Once in a while I hear them say, that's the pastor. I try to tell them, I'm your pastor. When I preach, I've never had to look. Now, maybe you were up there and you heard something I didn't hear, but every one of them, even if they weren't listening, they were, they were quiet. They weren't wandering in and out. They've, they've been taught in all their services how to behave at the house of God. Here we get to, uh, this lady said, get rid of her, get rid of her. Verse 11, look at the disappointed dad. The thing was very grievous in Abraham's sight because of his son. He said, you know, Ishmael's my boy. I don't want to get rid of my boy. Now notice what happens. The mother goes to the wilderness. This mother and her son, this is where many, many mothers are living tonight. Verse 14, and Abraham rose up early in the morning. He took bread and a bottle of water, gave it to Hagar, put it on her shoulder and the child sent her away and she departed. Very sad, listen to this, wandered in the wilderness. I wonder how many mothers are just wandering. 18 million Children being raised without a dad, 18 million. I wonder how many of those mothers are there, uh, all 18 million, trying to figure out how am I going to feed these kids this week? 
How am I going to take care of them this week? I've got to work a job, but I've got a baby here. How am I going to pay for that? How can I do all these things? It's, it is totally, Brother Fenera, it is totally hopeless. They're wandering around, frustrated, worried, frightened. And don't you blame them for that. They're all alone. They never get a break. Dads normally come home from work and dads can play with the kids for a while. Dads can lead family Bible time and dads can have part of their life. You say, well, he's been working. Yeah, but mama has been home all day or she had a job and came home from her job to get meals ready. And it takes two. You work together. But that lady has no one to work with. She's on her own. And in her defense, she probably has to focus on, go watch a television program while she's trying to get a meal going. Then she's got to do homework or whatever else goes on. Here's this lady wandering, just simply wandering. And I feel like that's where we find boys and girls and many mothers and sometimes dads just wandering. Look how helpless it is. Verse 15, and when the water was spent, she cast the child out of one of the shrubs. It's desert. The water's gone. She knows her boy's going to die. Oh, what can I do? She puts him under a bush to try to get some shade for his little body, his young boy. Please don't criticize single parent mothers, single parent dads. See, please don't, 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 don't criticize the people that don't go to church. Maybe if we could have a church where they, like this one where they get to church. I had bus grandmas and bus mothers this morning, bus kids, and bus people said, I, I love church, Pastor. I love being here. It's a breath of fresh air, I'm sure, certain to most of them. I, I feel like they know they're loved here. We're not trying to get out of them. I wonder what mother is not ready for Christmas yet, but wondering how in the world can I ever provide Christmas? Well, thank God. And through the years, so many times we'll load a U-Haul truck and we'll take a Christmas tree to many of these homes and we'll take lights to the, for the tree and we'll take decorations, we'll take gifts. And I know there's many, many groups out there, but I want the church to have a part of it too. Cast them on that shrub. Look at this mother in verse 16. And she went and sat her down over against him a good way off. So we're a bow shot. She said, Let me not see the death of the child. She sat over against him. And lifted up her voice, and what's that next word? I wonder how many people are in homes tonight weeping. Or this week they'll weep. Perhaps a wife will get aggressive and mean to a dad or to a child. Generally, it's a man. No, it's a male. He's not a man. And he'll get violent. He'll, he'll curse and he'll threaten. And he'll shove and he'll push and he'll hit. A wife or kids. 
That woman might plead, please stop, please don't, please don't. Weeping, brokenhearted. If you go, and we're at the message, and I'll be done shortly now. <laughs> and God, <coughs> pardon me. And God heard verse 17. And God heard the voice of the lad. God hears everything. Oh, this verse is so powerful. God heard the voice of the lad. Oh, it gets good here. And the angel of God called out. I have a letter here. It came to us. Came to a bus captain. I believe it came to the bus captain 44 years ago. I've saved it. Here's what it says. It was on Easter because it talks about Easter here. Let me read you this. It's been in my file maybe 45 years, but I believe 44. Here it's addressed, and it's addressed really to the bus captain, but here's how the mother, <coughs> the Hagar, addresses it. <coughs> Pardon me. Dear angel, those bus captains that stood there tonight are angels sent from God. Oh, I know, I know theologically, I'm not talking about there, you know, have cherubs and all those, I know that. We ought to live like angels. Dear angel, you come by every Saturday, invite my children to church, even though they, and they underline it, rarely come. You haven't given up on us. God bless you. She's got her name here. And P.S., please pray for us to find God again somehow that he will heal our family. What's an angel do? Look what it says. And the angel of God, the bus captain from God, called Hagar the soul winner from God, called the soul, God called the soul winner, the angel out of heaven, and said, here's the first question. The angel asked, what aileth thee? What's your problem? I was talking to a man right over here today elderly man and he said my wife's not here had that long gray beard it's all so kind he listens I said uh, why is she not here today he said she's suffering cancer I said here's our usher brother Jacob here's my pen please write her name down and how I can get in touch with you because something's ailing them. I talked to a man. I said to him, another man this week, I said, I asked him last night, get me your phone number. I need to call you. He's lonely. And he says this of himself, it's all my fault. 
what may or not may not be. And go ahead, say it is all his fault. He still deserves a friend, an angel to come by. I was going to preach to you a message. I told you for weeks I was going to preach it on an angel. I don't, God's not giving me peace to do that, but I did, I've done a lot of study on angels. Because I wanted to tell you about the times, not every time, but I can take you some very specific times where I stood with your loved ones dying. I could think of one particular right now, so very vivid. I knew angels were in that room ready to minister and take them to heaven. I knew it. I never said anything to the families. It was almost frightening to think of it. But because I was going to preach that, I don't believe I will, but because I was, I kept studying angels for weeks and weeks and weeks and allowing God to speak to my heart the ministry of angels. And though you and I are not angels, uh, an angel here, this angel is one that asks questions. What's wrong? How can I help? What needs do you have? I believe today was Kenny's last day. I heard uh, over Kenny Rodriguez, and he has a rest home ministry. And those, he was weeping. Those people are weeping because he's going to go start teach Sunday school in the C-Bus ministry. And so he's giving us over his ministry. And those, those people were weeping his last Sunday. Brother Nate Sloan, I think you're taking it over. Well, I saw Nate right there. Oh, is there a piano there? There will be. There will be. You sing with them. Oh, they're the best. I stopped by a nursing home in Sunnyville this uh, couple, two weeks ago, three weeks ago, maybe now. And, and I said, ma'am, I'm looking for so-and-so. He's not a member of our church, by the way. But uh, she goes, are you from the church? I said, yes. What church do you think? And she goes, Golden State Baptist College Church. She said, your kids coming here. We have, the church has several nursing homes. They have about 13, I think. Brother Robert Simmons is in charge of that and, the, and, and doing such a great job last year and this year. But they said, yeah, the, the, those kids come by and we love them. They're so respectful and they sing and they love all the patients. Hey, what aileth you? What's the problem? How can I help? Look at Secondly, in that verse, fear not. I don't think that angel says, fear not. I think it's more like fear not. Don't be afraid. But I have every reason to be afraid my son's going to die. Every reason I'm out here in a wilderness in a lonely place all by myself. I'm wandering around. I don't know what to do. Well, that's why God sent me an angel. To ask you, what's ailing you? And I'm going to tell you, fear not. And verse number 18. Look what he says. Give her some hope. Arise. Lift up the lad. Hold him in thine hand. I'll make of him a great nation. And that's true. He, they became a great nation. God said, I'm not done with you folks. The angel spoke to her in verse number 19, the last thought about this angel. 19, God opened her eyes. 
and she saw a well of water. And she went and filled the bottle with water and gave the lad to drink. That's why I give them Bibles and we run the bus by. I was preaching in another state. The man who was the music director there, before I preached, gave the testimony. He said, I'd like to testify before Brother Trevor preaches. The pastor gave him permission. He said, I lived in Melpitas. That's right over here for you new students, just next city. Melpitas. In the 70s, I saw that bus coming, bus workers coming every Saturday, every Saturday, every Saturday. And Mother had taught me when she saw those, kids, those people coming, come inside. I don't want you talking to the bus people. And he said, I went inside, and every Saturday of my life, I would peek out the curtain. I'd watch the bus people. And on Sunday, the bus would come by, and I saw kids in my neighborhood getting on it, and I'd think, I'd like to ride the bus to that church, North Valley Baptist Church. I wish Mother would let me go. Mother always said no. He said, we moved away, but I never got over seeing the North Valley bus. He said, when I became older, I looked for a church with a bus. I got saved. I'm married, have kids. I'm the music director here. I know if you want me to tell you stories about the bus kids, I could tell you stories till midnight. I'm not going to. We're sending angels out every week. So do nothing that would be dishonoring to the Lord as we go door to door. We don't yell at people. We don't debate with people. We don't fight with people. We don't argue over theology. We don't have time for that. We're going out to be an angel. 50, 52 years ago, 1971, that would be 52 years ago. And I don't have the letter with me, but it's in my file where Melvin Swanson said, Jack, we'd like you to come from Wisconsin to Illinois every week and be our janitor and our music director. And I went there. You've heard this story so much that I saw Dwayne, your brother, first one on a Saturday in the back. He's now my brother-in-law for the last 51 years almost. And I got there, and they had four buses. And after a few months, the man, Pastor Swanson, who became my father-in-law, said, Jack, would you like to take those buses over? I have the stats right here. The week before I took it over, I think we had 83 on the buses. You know, in that first year, we went from four buses. It was just a heyday of the buses to nine buses. We went to about 380 in church. It just exploded. I've got the stats here. But you know, you could tell this, this is not computer. Look at that. The attendance of my bus workers, Joe Kobernat. Joe was a high school senior, but he was one of my bus. He became a pastor. He was on our staff. And at age 59, he died of a heart attack as a preacher. The next guy was a preacher. The next guy became a pastor. Old brother Jim Tucker, there he is, attendance, 
Yes, yes, all the way through. Uh, May 5th, May 9th, May 16th, all through May, all through June, all through July. It's just, just little sheets of paper. Keith Holcomb, Kelvin Swanson, who became a pastor and is a pastor to this day. Eric Halfley, who just retired, he became a pastor. All these names, Rich Swanson, Gary Bohm, Larry Wallace, John Calvin, Dennis Erb, Daniel Erb, Milt Buckner. You know, there's 18 workers there. 12 of the 18 are now in heaven. I can't tell you how fast that went. I know 52 years sounds like a long time, 51, whatever it was. And I guess it is. But you're going to find out real soon that life goes fast. And some are going to miss it. You're going to miss the bus ministry. Thank you for listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. For more information about our ministry or to find out how to get in contact with us, visit our website at nvbc.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.